Oh, it's so nice to be here. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to thank you uh, to the leadership team for giving us this opportunity to share with you guys. Uh, it's been amazing. And also, just a congratulations to the youth. I think you guys have done a great job. Uh, well done on planning this out and working together to make it come to pass. That's a true accomplishment. Yeah, let's just pray together before we start. Lord Jesus Christ, I just want to thank you, Lord, that you are here, that your presence is with us, that it surrounds us, Lord. I thank you, Father, for uh, your spirit that is always upon us, always among us, Lord. And today, Lord, we just choose to tune in to you, O Lord, to what you are trying to say, to what you are trying to communicate to us in this very hour, in this very moment, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you may stir up our hearts, O Lord, to be ignited, to be awake to what you are doing in the world, not to, not to fall asleep and slumber, or to be deceived by the corruption that is in this world, but to be aware of of your presence, to be more and more aware of your goodness around us. Father, I just lift up um, this message before you this morning that you may touch it, O Lord, and it may be, mean something to somebody out there this morning. I pray that you may uh, touch my lips, O Lord, that you may help me bring out uh, what it is that you desire to be brought out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Awesome. If you have noticed, we are, we are kind of playing around with the theme of awakening, being awake, being, being alive, coming alive. And that was the songs that were being sung and also um, some of the, that was the core of some of the ministries that were brought out uh, before us this morning. And before I go on, I would just like to ask this question, like, have you, have you ever spoken to somebody in love before? Like somebody in love, like, it's quite obvious, isn't it? Like they keep talking about the same thing over and over and over. And now this person is the best thing that has ever happened to you. And we are tired of it, but they just go on repeating and repeating. It's quite annoying. But like th then you know that, okay, this person is, is being hit bad. Or maybe somebody who's even really passionate about something. Like they just keep pouring out the same things over and over. I, and I think saying that, I'm just reminded of my friend Elijah. Some of you know him. But, like, you can start a conversation about volcanoes. Elijah would always find a way to twist this, um, that conversation to marketing. Marketing analysis, marketing charts, marketing what, what. Things we would never understand. But that's what he was passionate about. That's what was on his heart. And I think as human beings, we are somehow wired to bring out what ignites our hearts. You know, the thing that you are passionate about, the thing that dwells in your heart, is what you bring out consciously or subconsciously. Uh, that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 2, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 4, that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it's not even a forceful thing. You, you're not, you don't have to force it, like, oh, speak about this, or force conversations. It just pours out naturally. And according to the Bible, indeed, everything that we do flows from the heart. Because in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, we are, told that we are told to guard our hearts about everything else. For everything that we do flows from it, you know. So, um, and from Jesus' words about the Great Commission, about being a city on a hill, about being the salt of the world, I think it's really clear 
from reading the scriptures that God wants us to be hearts on fire, to really burn bright for this gospel, to burn bright for this, um, for this truth, for it to ignite our hearts and also spread out to the world around us. Um, I've, I really came across this very interesting poem that, that really stresses this point really well. I'm going to ask Msonda to read it out, out for us right now. But it's a very old poem. It's, I think it's about 1,500 years old. But yeah, I think just listen to the words and... Amen. Wow. I think, let's just keep it there for, for a bit. And you know, I think these words properly describe the book of Acts. Wouldn't you agree on that? It's just like these few men with dawn in their eyes, having an encounter with Jesus, having a feeling of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't contain it within, within themselves. And now, m- many years later, thousands of years later, We are gathered here in the name of Jesus because these men spread it out, you know. They were awake and they spread their awakening around them. And I've come to realize that, and I think you will testify to this as well, that even though a heart may be passionate and burning about something, it is possible for us to grow cold to the things that we are once passionate about, not to burn as bright for the things that we were really excited about. And I feel that really happens when we, don't re- when we don't add fuel to the flame, if that makes sense. When we don't revisit the foundations of our faith, when we don't revisit the things that, that make up that thing that, um, that ignites us. And also when we allow ourselves to be deceived by the things of this world, when we allow ourselves to be deceived by outside interferences. Uh, from Mark chapter 13, we don't have the scripture here. But like when, after the disciples had come to Jesus, and they were like, oh God, have you seen this mighty table? Look at all these beautiful buildings and structures. And then Jesus goes on and, to, and starts to talk about how in time none of those stones will be laid upon the other. Like just, and it just, it's, it's a very, very loaded passage, but it just goes on into saying prophecy of just not the time of how the temple will be destroyed, but also the future times of like, uh, the coming of the Antichrist, of uh, the great tribulations that will, that will come. But then uh, at the end of that chapter, he talks about, he makes us aware of being on guard, being alert. And he says, be awake and stand on guard. And I feel in that passage, he was using the word awake, almost synonymous to being, um, to being aware, to not being, to not being deceived, so to say. And I feel that's what we are going to go with today, like to not be deceived and to be still attentive to the goodness and the greatness of God. Um, Let's just go to a passage from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17.
And it says, not, not 18, 17. I can read it out. And it says, oh, sorry, I think I was wrong. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13, and then we'll go down. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, but everything exposed to the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ Jesus will shine on you. This is an instruction from Paul when he was talking to the Ephesians church. And what I really love about this passage is the context before it. And I really wanted us to focus on that this morning. But I'm really not sure if, whether to read the entire passage out. But maybe let me just read it out so that we know where this verse is coming from. Um, I'll, I'll start from, verse four, verse, from chapter 4, verse 17. And then I'll, I'll end at 5, verse 14. It says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. I've lost sens sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and when you are taught in him according with the truth of Jesus Christ, you are taught in regards to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted in, in its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like Christ to be created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still, hung while you are still angry. Uh, do, not let, do not let the sun go down. Oh, sorry, I read, I read that. And, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing among you should no longer, um, should no longer steal, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let the, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is essential for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Um, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as Christ Jesus forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ Jesus has gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must be not even a hint of sexual morality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor, sh nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. But rather, for this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, as any part in the kingdom of Christ. 
and of God. Let no, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath will come on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of the darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedience do in secret. But everything exposed to the light becomes visible. Um, and everything that, that is illuminated becomes light. That is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Amen. I really wanted to focus on this scripture, and it's very loaded. I encourage you to look, to read through it at home and just go through a study. But I think we'll just go through a few main points that Paul is trying to point us out to here. And you can do your own personal study on the rest. And... I feel that it's quite essential for establishing the context of this, uh, of the verse that we read earlier of being awake. And from this, I want to challenge us basically on, on three points um, that we need to be awakened. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, Paul says that they are darkened in their understanding and separated from, from the life in God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. And I think the one thing that, we, that I would pick from this verse is that we need, to be awake, we, need to be, we need to awaken to the sovereignty of God. And this really begs the question in our lives or in the lives of people around, or in, the, in our city basically, that is God. God, you know, or make it more personal, is God your God, you know? Um, and there's so much competition for this in your life, whether you are aware of it or not, but something is fighting to be God in your life. And it is very important and very essential as believers that we are awake to the truth that God is above all, that God is sovereign, that God stands alone. And we do, not replace, we do not replace anything else on God's throne. Let us just look at Romans um, uh, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, which is talking about a similar thing. And it says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For though they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave, him thank, nor gave thanks to him. But, they, but their thinking were futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And it goes on to say that they replaced the, the glory of the living God for created things where they placed idols where gods were on the throne of God basically. And I've just really seen this. Uh, it's more and more of a teaching, and I don't know how much it is true for your life, but I can see it even for movies, for example. Like for me, I really enjoy movies. I think most of you know that. But I'm, I, I think I always think about this. Maybe I'm just too churchified, you know. Like, but <laughs> I'm just really surprised at how much 
Hollywood is afraid of the concept of God, you know. They will make a movie about anything. They can make a movie about angels, demons, vampires, witches, whatever. But to bring God in, and it, like a paint a true picture of God, is something we are quite afraid of because I think maybe it's that sinful nature within us that we don't want to submit to an hour power. Right now, movies will tell you to believe in anything, to believe in fate, to believe in destiny, to believe in true love, to believe in whatever, to believe in the universe, but to believe in God, rare. In fact, sometimes I, would, I can say it boldly that never. You know, sometimes it's just, yeah, it's just a bit scary to be honest. And it's these things that challenge God's throne in our lives, like it's a teaching that person around, and we need to be sensitive in our hearts to know that there's nothing else that's replacing God's throne in my heart and in my being, in my actions, and in who I am. I like to think that there's a throne in your heart. And can you just put up that picture with a, with a crown? In a, yeah, there's a throne in your heart. And you, and only you alone, not even God can make this decision for you. Only you decide who sits on it. You get to choose. Is God God over your life? Is God the ruler? Is God supreme? Is God absolute authority? You know? And sometimes, as people, um, it's possible to put other people on this throne instead of God. Where we want to play out a certain part so that other people can see but in our hearts, it's not true. Like, for example, if I, if I play the Christian card, you know, just fake my Christianity, and just, just so to impress people, like to impress the leadership, and to impress my peers that, oh, I'm a true Christian. But, like, I think, just thinking about that, like, what does it matter if everybody else buys into that? But, like, in your heart, you know that, like, God doesn't know you, basically. Like in your heart, when you're alone, it's not true. It's not, it's not God seated on that throne, you know. But it's just something that we, we fake out to people. But i just like to encourage it. And I think it's true not just for church people, but also for the world. You know, like that passage that says that having a form of godliness, but denying its power. I feel now everybody can just say, oh, bless God. Uh, thank you, God. Lift the name of Jesus. But to kind of just have that truly be true in our heart. Is only something you can choose. And I, if that's you, I'd like to encourage you that it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter at all. Ultimately, what matters is you and him. His opinion over you is what's most important, more than anything else in the world. Don't put people on this throne. This is God's throne. This is God's throne. Amen? Yeah. And I just want to encourage us that it needs to be real, you know. It needs to be real. It needs to be from the heart. Like, God's love and his passion, his pursuit for us is perfect. It's relentless. He's longing for your heart. He's longing for my heart, you know. And we, we are, it's, it's our step, you know. How deep our relationship with God goes is dependent upon us if we allow him to move and act and move within us. Amen. I think the second point, maybe if we can read uh, Galatians chapter 5, um, verse 1 and 2. 
and it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. Oh, sorry, Galatians chapter, I'm, I'm getting over myself here. Galatians chapter 4, verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. And I think from that passage, what I think we can pick up mostly is to be awake to, be awake to the to Holy Spirit, basically. I feel if the world has ever needed Holy Spirit, it is now, you know. And I just want to remind us that this, like we were talking about the throne earlier, like God's throne in our hearts. Like, um, it's not rules we've been called to. We've been called to a relationship. As much as he is our God, is our loving Father. And it's a relationship that exists between you and him. And what, ex- what relationship exists without communication? We need to be sensitive to his leading. We need to be aware of his, um, of his leadership in our lives. The Holy Spirit is active and moving and present within us. And it takes us to dive in, you know. I, can't, I think like the depth of our relationship with the Holy Spirit is dependent on us in terms of how hungry and thirsty are we from him. Because Jesus did say that how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who seek him? If you seek, you will find. And when I look at the Bible, when I look at... Um, when I look at the Bible and when it talks about the Holy Spirit, it's really this picture of a fire, of like a wind, uncontrolled and untamed, just a bit mysterious and just forceful, you know, random. Um, but when I look at that in my own life, I think, to be honest, I think I've managed to tame the Holy Spirit, you know. Holy Spirit, sit down. Holy Spirit, too loud. Holy Spirit, that's not cool. Holy Spirit, we have have to stick to convention. You know those statements. I don't know if you relate, but I think I've managed to kind of quiet down the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul is warning us against in this passage. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get so stuck up in doing the right thing and it's scheduled program every day that we never leave room for God's move. We never leave room for God's activity, for God to speak to you, for God to move through it, for God to act through you. And one thing that has really challenged me uh, about this is this book that I've been reading by our very, given to me by our own, very own young pastor, Malina. And just so you know, I was paid to say that, to say that she's young. She's not that young. <laughs> She's young, very young. The, the, the only youth we have in our leadership. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, and it has just kind of, you know, one misconception I had about God speaking to us and God acting to us as the Holy Spirit is that he doesn't love to speak that much. You know, God is a bit reticent with these words. He just speaks one thing and then disappears and he lets us dwell on that thing for for years, and then he'll come back maybe after another hundred years, and then speak one thing and then disappear, and then... But, like, I've really been... My, my mindset I've, has really shifted over that, that God eagerly, eagerly desires to speak to his children. And, in fact, God already speaks to his children. We're just not that... We're just not good listeners. We're just not tuned in. We're just too busy to the happenings of this world. And when we are talking about an awakening, 
I think it's really important for us to be able to tune into our spiritual ear to, to our spiritual ears. If ever the world has needed the move of the Holy Spirit, it is now. You know, something as the Holy Spirit destroys arguments. If uh, just from the book that I'm talking about, there was uh, this example of a man. He was an atheist, but then his wife started to go to church. But he just didn't love um, that the wife was doing that. But when this um, this prophet was invited in, he was about to start a debate about how uh, evolution versus creation. You know, I you know I don't know about you, but I do love those debates. You know, it's it's quite engaging for me. I get into a lot of debates, but. In that moment, God spoke something to this man, and he just said something to, uh, to this person who was an evolutionist, and it was something about the root of his disbelief, basically, something in his childhood, some trauma that happened there. And just like that, boom, a person was transformed, and they were like, God is real, because that has to be God, you know? And that kind of just breaks down barriers. It breaks down... Um, whatever chain that may come up against. And as a church, as a bride of Christ, it is very important and very vital that we move and we act in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 24, that my sheep know my voice, they listen to me and follow me. My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And we are his sheep. I think this one is just sort of a call for us to, to tune in, to quiet down, to allow Holy Spirit to say something um, and to move in us. You know, there are so, those decisions that we come across, uh, where it's quite unsure, you're not really sure. And it's those moments that we, are, we need to be attentive even more. And I've come to learn that the work of the Holy Spirit in my life is not just for my benefit but also for the benefits of the people around. You know, it's, it's very encouraging to hear the voice of God over maybe even just getting a confirmation, you know, like you know something that, oh, God is saying this, but then somebody else says the same thing and you're like, oh, yeah, this is God. This is God speaking. I, I, I got this moment just like a week ago. There was something that I was quite unsure about. And I was like, okay, would I, would I, like, it was that moment, I was like, okay, I think God is saying this, but I wasn't sure about it. But then Hope, uh, just from nowhere, and she's done this before a number of times, she was just said, oh, Sam, this and this. I was just like, oh, yeah, th- definitely, it's God, you know. And that's the power that we have to act, that's the power we have connected to God. And it brings transformation, it brings an awakening to the world. Another such experience that I've had is that for you have been is that when I was stranded in a foreign country at some point, stranded for it without money, and then I had missed my bus. But you know, it was it wasn't as as scary as it was supposed to be, mostly because like three weeks before before I'd even known that I was going to travel, a friend of mine uh, came to me and we were praying together and he said, you know, I think you're going to travel somewhere very soon, but, and then there's going to be a, a challenge coming back with finances and stuff, but God is with you. God is over that situation. You know, so even when that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just God doing his thing, you know? And 
that's God. That's God among us, you know. That's his presence. That's his spirit among us. Amen. And then now let's just look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ Jesus loved and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Amen. And I think from this one, we can really pick out the point of being awakened, awake to God's love. Yes, it's that word again, and I know you've heard a billion sermons about them, but it's really key. Love is the ultimate expression. But why is it so important, and why is it, um, what is it about love that makes it the the proof of being, of somebody being awakened, it's uh, somebody being woke, basically, is that if you receive Holy Spirit, you receive God's God, you receive Him in you, and that love that He has for us just completely fills you. You have no choice but to just let it overflow to the people around. You know, it's, you don't even have a choice. It just comes out of you naturally. Because of the love that you've received, it just pours out. And from the Bible, from John 13, chapter 35, Jesus said that by this shall men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I think I can paraphrase it and say, by this shall all men know that you are awake if you love one another. And, you know, from, maybe let me just say this. I think there's been, there's, there are many forms of being awake, if I can say that. You know, any person just will say, oh, I've been woke, and I found this truth, I found this knowledge. You know, I think that happened a number of times when we had our youth group, like 2014 areas. Um, num- some friend would just come, look, I found this knowledge, and it was basically just another religion, like a court, so to say. I was like, oh, I've been woke, you guys are living a lie, this is the truth, and this is whatever, blah, blah, blah. And... um. For me, it just comes back to this passage again. I feel this is the proof of somebody being woke. If it doesn't, if if knowledge is just knowledge in itself, it just brings knowledge in itself. Then what's the point, you know? But knowledge, a true encounter that, but an encounter with truth that brings us to love, that brings freedom. I think for me, that's a taste of like oh, true awakeness. And in Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. Paul did say that about, knowledge, about, about certain things, we all know that we possess knowledge. Knowledge just puffs up, but love edifies. Love builds up, you know. Love tear, builds up broken down strongholds. And that's, that's really this core we have been given by uh, God to bring an awakening of love, to, bring, to, build, to build up, you know, to build up other people, to build to be built in ourselves and to build up other people with the love that comes from the Holy Spirit. Because that's what the Bible says, that God has put his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that he has given us. And, you know, I just want to say, like, it's, 
like I've experienced this, you know, like I've 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 felt love, you know, in this presence. And for me, there's there's nothing like it at all. And I've just day by day is just wanting more and more of that. I just want to be in that place all the time, you know. I want to come back there to I want, I want my heart to be freed, to truly love other people around me, to love God truly. I want peace of heart, to have freedom in the soul. And that's what matters most. Because there's nothing like being in that state. There's nothing like being in his presence. There's nothing like um, truly experiencing God's love and sharing it with the people around. And... There are a few things that that help me um, to to come to this place. Sometimes, like I said, with an awakening, like I've, we need to revisit our foundations over and over again. We need to revisit what ignites us about Jesus over and over again, and we need to keep ourselves from being deceived by the corruption that is in this world. And for me, I, I've there's this song, um, and it just, it's like, for me, if I feel like my heart is in the wrong place, I just let these words, uh, I just listen to this song, and most of the time, it, ah, it, 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 it reshapes my heart again. And it just sort of, it talks about basically worshiping God. It's just saying that if creation, all of creation, and you have no idea how, how enormous the universe is. Just a side note here. You know, one t- I really enjoy looking at um, videos on YouTube of how great the universe is. Of like the, you know. And one time I was like, oh, I think I should share this with my friends. I need, I need them to know how great the universe is. So I, I, try, I started to research, if the earth was the size of a grain of sand, how big the universe would be. And then I would have a scale to explain how massive it is to my friends. And I was expecting something like, if the earth was a grain of sand, the earth would be, uh, the universe would be the size of the earth. And I would tell them, oh, the universe is great and big, and that's how big our God is. But, you know, in that research, what I found is that if the earth was the size of a grain of sand, the size of the universe would be exactly the same as it is now. Infinite is a difficult concept to grasp. It's a very difficult concept to grasp. And the stars, you, uh, this side, this way, this way, this way, this way. And that's how great our God is. This is just his creation. And you know, this song talks about, like, if all the stars were meant to worship, I will too, you know. If creation sings your praises, I will. You know, if the, uh, if the waves go, if the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the mountains bow, to you, so will I. And it's really just speaking about that throne in our hearts that I spoke about earlier, of what sits above everything else in your heart. What is that one thing? And I would just like us to stand up together and just as um, take place this song over us. And I would just like to ask you to meditate upon that, to meditate about the sovereignty of God, His Holy Spirit, and his love active in us because God gave his life for love. Will you too, you know?